Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome back to The Creep Dial. <laughs> That's Jen, D-W-Y-E-R. Forgot the O. Did I? You know you've never done the O. No, you do do the That's O. That's because it's difficult to spell O. <laughs> Just say O. O D W Y E R. Maybe you thought I was going. Oh, oh, that's what I did think. Just leading into it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Cassie Lorraine Delaney. That's me. Producer talent. Yoga pant. Yoga pant wearer. At pleasure. Athletic person in general. Active wear. Do you remember the active wear song? No. No. Oh, it's really good. It's just on YouTube there. Just YouTube at any time Is you want. Yeah. Is it before my time? I went to lunch in my active wear, active wear, active wear. It's really catchy. It's not before your time, smart arse. It's 2015. Oh, still before my time. Is no one going to introduce me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's Sophie White, author, formerly known as Sophie underscore White underscore. Formerly <laughs> Sophie White, author. Currently... Sophie, Sophie White, White author. writes. No, I changed oh. it after you made me feel self-conscious about it. I'm disappointed. <laughs> after I said Sophie has changed her Insta handle. Yes. Why? I immediately so you changed it again. So it's rushed back to then change it further to further throw people off the scent. Okay, Sophie White writes. <laughs> formally Sophie White author. Formally, formally Sophie underscore White underscore. Why did you, what's Thank wrong you. with the author? You just thought that was a bit wanky. What's wrong? Really? I felt not qualified to have that. Hmm. So instead <laughs> you went for Sophie White. Right. right. Well, no one can take that from me. I had a good I one do write. What did I say again? <laughs> you should have just stuck with Sophie Wrights. Sophie Wright Whites. 
Sophie White, White writes. writes. <laughs> I want it because it's it's bearing in mind people can't see this written out, so it just sounds like you're saying White writes. <laughs> <laughs> oh Not my god! Good. Not good. Scurries back to Instagram and changes the handle again. Very funny. <laughs> uh, do we have White any creep writes. of the week? Oh, we have a creep of the week that was sent Sophie, in. Sophie, you got to change that by long time. Unbelievable. That's yeah, Sophie, it's problematic. Shut up, damn it. I can't believe I mean, happened. how far wrong could you have gone with <laughs> right white? You might as well just change it to Sophie Alt-White. <laughs> Alt-White right on the night. Oh, it'll be Alt-White on the night. Um, and you know, with a surname like White, Tricky. you think so long and so hard about how to not do it. And to then do it. Those fuckers buy books. I mean, let's just leave <laughs> let's leave <laughs> it at just see it. what happens. Um <laughs> Creep of the Week sent in by longtime a listener, Jill McBean, old pal of mine. Ellen Coyle was on Hyla. No, she wasn't, she was on the Guilty Feminist. Yeah, she was. Good on her. Great job. Great, great girl. Flying <laughs> job there. Great girl. Why are you bring her up under Creep she's of the also Week? A fan of the show. <laughs> you just said that and it reminded me to say I, I I had thought I should say well done you. Um she's a great gal. She was on the Bosco episode of Juvenalia and Bosco Okay, after face out of her bum there. <laughs> on the network. <laughs> My phone has frozen here because I've dropped it a couple of times today. <laughs> Where where would but I find it? Should I should I go it's in? It's in it's in the creep dive DM. <coughs> what am I looking for? Look at this. This is shaking. This it's sad. in the it's the most recent DM. Cool. Hang on. It is creep of the week. All right, here we go. I'm going in. I'm in the DMs. Jill McBean. Oh fuck. This grunting man in a gimp suit chased a woman through Somerset Village. Yes. You responded. She said, a good creep of the week? You went, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Christ on a bike. And she said, total American horror story. And I said, maybe he was just asking for help. <laughs> you know, like when you get stuck in a jumpsuit <laughs> trying to have a piss. So sorry, can we just clarify for people that sometime we each respond <laughs> and they can tag be team a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we just covered this. It's weird that you're asking again. Sometimes we just, sorry, it's just... We don't speak, <laughs> except on the pod. So this man could have been trapped inside this gimp suit, grunting heavily, trapped, looking for, help. looking for air, can't speak. Okay. You know, like when you get yeah, trapped. Yeah, the grunting might have been like a... Yeah. <coughs> In fact, if you say help urgently while being muffled, it does sound grunty. <coughs> Nobody, uh, crucially, has said yet whether he had an erection or not, because I think that's key. <laughs> But if it's a very constrictive gimp suit. Yeah, you would see it sliding down the inner of his leg. There's well. a shadow where it catches, where, where the light catches that shiny gimp I've suit. been followed by a dick shadow. Dick <laughs> shadow, dick shadow. shadow. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Stunning. <laughs> anyway, so hopefully... Now, we don't know much more about this yet because the call out from the popo police, can't believe I just said that, is we're looking for a man in a gimp suit. Now, presumably he's not, not currently wearing, wearing it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's going to be a difficult one to find. I mean, God help him if he Wait. hasn't thought about taking it off. I retract something because it said here in the image below, the man was touching his groin and grunting. Again, need to have a piss, can't get out of this. <laughs> okay. That could have been. You're on Team Gimp. That's fine. <laughs> team Gimp. I just firmly. Think, why are we jumping to conclusions? 
people like all manner of sexy uh, costumes and you know like gimps <coughs> will often have a master yeah yeah so, so she's gimp. obviously just not shown up or left uh, without unzipping oh, him you think he's a sad gimp Aww. looking for a, a new master master just a lonely gimp creep of the week review of the week comes from tara jane f best podcast by far love listening to the three girls latest episode is my favorite so far I'd heard Sophie's before, actually saw the movie, but it's the way you tell him. Hey! Said a la Tommy Cooper. Oh, very good. Tote for you, my friend. DM at the Creep Dive on Insta or go over to Twitter. You get a tote. Yeah. You, you get, get a, a tote. Totes my goats. Everyone is getting a tote. Totes. On the subject of Creep of the Week, Gimp Jumpsuit Wearer, I revisited a bit of an old fave that doesn't quite qualify as a, a full dive, but I just thought I'd shout it out in case people were looking for a little something something of a of an evening to watch. The uh, Secret Life of the Pups. Did you watch that? The no, Channel no. Four documentary about the men who like living as pups, what, like um, puppies. Yeah. This this rings a bell. It's not new. It's not new. No no no. no. It's a couple of years old. And there definitely isn't quite like it's not there's not enough there for like it to be a full dive, but even just like a paddle, right. just go paddle in it. Feel ill. Is this man just pissing on um, what newspaper on the floor? No, they have incredibly involving PVC pup suits mm. and like collars, leads, but like full face masks and everything. I have to show you a picky, um, off the mic, Avi, but it is fascinating. Like there's like. Garrett and he's a set designer from Stoking on Watford <laughs> and his pop alter ego is Spot the Dog and it's like a spotty Dalmatian and uh, gimp suit. Yeah, a gimp suit. Is there a hole in and the And like in the in the dock, you're really worried about the pub's dicks. I'm sure there is a, some kind of dick portal for but the pub. Is this is this sex? It's like it seems to be kind of like an offshoot of a kind of like BDSM sort of kink thing. But then loads of them are like not, they're not like humping stuff or anything. It's just that they really like playing with pup toys and playing like pups. Yeah, but I It's like a de-stressor. I think they hold back a lot of this stuff in the documentary because I wrote, I, I watched a documentary a couple of years ago on the f- furries. Yeah, yeah, the cuddly furries, yeah. Yeah, and the documentary. What about the bronies? They're the fucking weirdest. Yeah, they never get into that it is a big massive fetish. Although it kind of touched upon it in furries, a suggestion that they all meet up and have (laughs) intercourse. Now, the furries, uh, they wear, they like to be, they identify as animals. No, they dress up like cuddly toys and have cuddle parties. I actually met a furry at a party who told me all about their furry lifestyle. Were they masturbating each other? And she... I was insistent that there is no sex. They were not masturbating each other. She didn't appear to be masturbating me during this conversation. <laughs> Would you <laughs> notice? <laughs> Would I notice? Wait, there, what? <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, she said it's genuinely all about the cuddling. No, um, again, I can't see that not being sexual. I can't imagine wanting to cuddle a stranger. I barely want to cuddle the people I like. I can't imagine cuddling someone wearing such a big, giant, warm, furry suit. (laughs) So there we have it. Mm. Each to their own. Creep of the week. Each to their own. I only had to type the into my Google and my phone said, the men who live as dogs. (laughs) (laughs) 
because my phone knows me so fucking well or else I have visited this Guardian article so much. There's there's Garrett, a.k.a. Spot. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Like, that's a fucking intense pup suit. No, thank you. Is that made of rubber? Yeah. He's got a boner. Extremely uncomfortable. Did you see the woman sitting beside him? (laughs) Hello! Did you see the woman sitting beside him? Is his long-suffering? That's his ex-long-suffering. Why is she there? She's still there because he needs help getting in and out of that fucking suit. Uh, And can I have a... Thank you, Jen. That's what's going on with the gimp man. He's trying to get out of the suit. We've come full circle there. (laughs) So what have we got this week? I'm coming back at you with some more science uh, animal stuff. Lovely. Excited. (coughs) Sophie? Still torn. Stuck between two I creeps. Yeah. Um, do you want to go stuck last? Stuck between creep and a hard place. Hey-o. Okay. Hey-o. How about we start with Jennifer's <coughs> science lesson? Okay. Let me just let me think now. Uh, very good article with a good headline itself. Okay. Not sure I can do better. I'm terrible at this. Uh, just to make the listeners aware, because there's an alarm going off in the background, we are recording in a penthouse by the seaside. All the doors and windows open because it's such a sunny evening. So there might be some background noise. You don't want to tell them why? Or That's just the background it? noise of our luxury. Oh, because since we last spoke to you, we've obviously all hit the big time <laughs> and bought a penthouse <laughs> in Dunleary together. Michael Flatley's penthouse <laughs> in Dunleary. You'll never know why. Okay, here's my BuzzFeed headline. Do it, do it. I love how we slander BuzzFeed every week, really. <laughs> you might know this if you, you know, have you ever seen uh, a picture of an ant? I'm uh, a picture of an ant with um, things growing out of it, like what looks like sticks or twigs growing out of its head and face. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm on yeah, about then? I've okay, so here's the how the zombie fungus takes over the ant's body to control their mind. Oh. This is fucking amazing. And when I was reading through, I was like, this is interesting. Why or is there a humanoid alternative that could explain the behavior in some... I'm sure they haven't. They would have worked it out already. But wouldn't it be interesting to be like, oh, like I for had instance, the that fungus. gimp man had this fungus, this... Um, this yeah. this weird this mind controlling uh, Veruca that uh, <laughs> on that note an evil Veruca our listener who gives us the facts and the science a lot of the time are you talking about placenta woman placenta woman she's the fucking best she's am I the only so one opening her DMs no I read it I didn't respond and okay. it was directed you well sent a lengthy message explaining why we as human cannot asexually reproduce now we will read that out. Later on in the show, because she sent a brilliant message that we didn't read out about. Do you remember the book written by that um, male gynae in the UK? This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. This Adam is going to hurt. And he talked about the woman who demanded to eat her placenta. And everyone said, no, you're not allowed to do that. So she gave birth. And then there was a tray of kind of awful, all the shite that falls out of you after you have a baby. <laughs> and she thought that was the placenta. And she munched yeah, it. She yeah. forced oh, all of the yeah. clots and everything into oh, it. Oh, I think I read this story on an early episode. That's yeah, right, yeah, you, you did. did. Yeah. And then she got back to say... Why that was disgusting and not, not healthy. In any w- not n- Had no kind of scientific... Anyway, we'll read that. Anyway, I'll go back. She's amazing. We'll give her her props at the end of the show. So, do you want to hear more about this? Yes. So, here's this article from The Atlantic... Yeah. 
Uh, so I'm just going to read you because it's fucking amazing. Okay. Uh, to find the world's most sinister examples of mind control, don't look to science fiction. Instead, go to a tropical country like Brazil and venture Ooh. deep into the jungle. This is fascinating, right? Find a leaf that's hanging exactly 25 centimeters above the forest floor. No more and no less. Now look underneath it. If you're in luck, you might find an ant clinging to the leaf's centrical vein, jaws clamped tight for dear life. This ant's life is already over, and its body belongs to the zombie-eating, zombie ant fungus called Ophio... Here we go. Ophiocordyceps unilateris. That's the name of the fungus. So when the fungus infects the carpenter ant, it grows through the insect's body, draining it of nutrients and hijacking its mind. Over the course of a week, it compels the ant to leave the safety of its nest and ascend a nearby plant stem. It stops the ant at a height of 25 centimeters, a zone with precisely the right temperature, humidity, and humidity for the fungus to grow. That's fucking amazing. Wow. Uh, It forces the ant to permanently lock its mandibles around a leaf. Eventually, it sends a long stalk through the ant's head, growing into a bulbous capsule full of spores. So the image is literally like that, like a unicorn horn growing out. Haunted with spores. Full of spunk. (laughs) <laughs> at the end but the ant's still alive oh, I think so hang on yes I think hang on I think it explains so it forces blah 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 beep 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 and because the ant typically climbs a leaf that overhangs its colony forage its colony foraging trails the fungal spores spores rain down onto its sisters below <gasps> zombifying all of them in a turn zombie ant army oh incredible the yeah. fungus skills at colonizing ants is surpassed only by its skill at colonizing popu- in po- at colonizing popular country culture it is the organism behind the monsters of the video game the last of us uh, and the zombies in the book the girl with all the gifts it's also an obsession of one David Hughes, an entomologist at Pennsylvania State University, who has been studying it for years. He wants to know exactly how this puppet master controls its puppets, and his latest experiment suggests it's even more ghoulish than it first appears. Oh, my God. Oh. So Hughes' student, uh, Maradell, okay, I read it Frankenstein, but it's Fredrickinson, <laughs> uh, used a special microscope to... Uh, infect ants into slices that were just 50 nanometers thick a thousandth of the width of human hair she scanned each slice compiled the images into three-dimensional model Uh. yeah that's the picture of it and painstakingly annotated which bits were ant and which bits were fungus it took three months to mark up just one muscle to speed things up hughes teamed up with computer scientist danny chen who uh, trained in artificial intelligence uh, uh, to distinguish ant from fungus. When the fungus first enters the host, it exists as a single cell that floats around the ant's bloodstream, budding off new copies of themselves. At some point, as Fredrickson's images show, these single cells start working together. They connect to each other by building short tubes um, of a kind that have only ever been seen before in fungi that infect plants. Hooked up in this way, they can communicate and exchange nutrients. They can also start invading the ant's muscles, either by penetrating the muscle cells themselves or by growing into the spaces between them. The result is that you can see, uh, they they post a video below, a red muscle fiber encircling and drained by a network of interconnected yellow fungal cells. This 
something totally unique to this fungus. Hughes' team found that another parasitic fungus that infects ants but doesn't manipulate their minds also spreads to the muscles, but doesn't form tubes between cells and doesn't wire itself into a larger network. So whenever Hughes or anyone else discusses the zombie ant fungus, they always talk about a single entity which corrupts and subverts, uh, sub subverts a host. But you could also think of the fungus as a colony, much like the ants it targets. Ugh. Individual microscopic cells begin life alone, but eventually come to cooperate, fusing to microorganisms, uh, superorganisms. Together, these brainless cells can com commandeer the, the brain of a much larger creature. But surprisingly, they can do it without ever touching the brain itself. Hughes' team found that fungal cells infiltrate the ant's entire body, including its head, but leave the brain untouched. There are parasites that manipulate their host without destroying their brain, says Kelly Wienersmith from Rice University. For example, one flatworm forms a carpet-like layer over the brain in the California kill killifish, leaving the brain intact while forcing the fish to behave erratically and draw the attention of birds, the flatworm's next host. <gasps> oh, devious. But manipulation of ants by this fungus is so exquisitely precise that it is perhaps surprising that the fungus doesn't invade invade the brain of the host. This Wiener Smith, what a name, Wiener Smith says. In retrospect, that makes sense. If such parasites were merely investing, invest, invading and destroying neural tissue, I don't think the manipulated behaviors that we observe would be as compelling as they are. Uh, she says something more, much more intricate must be going on. She notes that the fungus secretes a wide range of chemicals that could influence the brain from afar. So what we have here is a hostile takeover of a uniquely malevolent kind. Enemy forces invading a host's body and using that body like a walkie-talkie to communicate with each other and influence the brain from afar. Hughes thinks the fungus might also exert more direct control over the ant's muscles, literally controlling them, as a puppeteer controls a, marion a marionette doll. Once an infection is underway, he says, the neurons in the ant's body the ones that gave it its brain control over its muscles, start to die. Hugh suspects that the fungus takes over. It effectively cuts the ant's limbs off from its brain, inserts itself in place, releasing a chemical that forces the muscles there to contract. If this is right, then the, ants, the ant ends its life as a prisoner in its own body. Its brain still in the driver's seat, but the fungus at the wheel! Oh, I have never been itchier in my life. This is the worst. Hell death. Oh, insane. worst way to die ever. Absolutely. I didn't even know these things existed. And now there's something else to fear in this <laughs> world. Isn't that amazing? And couldn't there I be? I feel like it's inside me right a now. A human alternative. Well, well there's like an obvious one. Not, what is it? Birth. Babies. Babies, obviously. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like if we continuously, you know, as we will, with uh, kind of, you know, work with AI and it becomes more and more of a thing, it could easily do this to us take over of course well it would probably have no use for our flesh and blood which would render us totally just so we've gone from the fungus and you know fungus takeover to ai takeover ai is going to take over humans i don't know but wouldn't it be amazing if like the fluke worm just oh. adapted itself to a way that you know to i don't know infect us all and control us much like this fungus and then it was totally you know it just had very basic needs <laughs> to kind of further its generation. <laughs> and then we all just became slaves to this basic, you know, it needs what we'd just be lying down in puddles on top of each other. <laughs> kind of oozing <laughs> the slow death from an awakened mind. 
controlled by a fluke worm. <laughs> fluke worm of anyway, all the sorry. things. But you know. Them and their fluke worm agenda. Yeah. And everything we'd worked so hard at. Lost to the Just fluke worm. Totally irrelevant because a fluke worm doesn't we give a shit. About in science. Remember? The, the hill's worm? beginnings. Dead before it's time because the fluke worms didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Both they're already are. possessed by fluke worms and that explains their behaviour on the hill's new beginnings. Maybe. Mm. Anyway, there you go. There's that my tale. That is a cross-reference to... Mother of Pod. Mother of Pod. Should you wish, should you wish to have a detailed rundown of the hill's new beginnings? <laughs> <laughs> check out Mother of Pod. Good segue. Oh, that is just the grossest. The pictures are sensational. But that 25 centimetre exactly is fucking amazing. Fascinating. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird, yeah. Yeah. They have such what, like sensitivity to the environment. Well, it exactly right, yeah. That's mad. I'm so Very itchy. Exacting. Like I need to literally reach down my throat and scratch my insides. I'm so fucking itchy from that. <coughs> Thank you for that. Oh my god. Definitely sounded a bit like pregnancy though. Total well that Because like all the erratic behaviour mm-hmm. and all the you know mind control definitely how much of the decisions you make while pregnant are propelled by your fetus probably a lot of them i'd say low like definitely i like i once ate about seven hot dogs in a two-day period when i was pregnant and that is not by by choice the ones that are disgusting yes absolutely disgusting Oh, the crunchy skin and the paste. I mean, in the just in the <laughs> hot dogs from a jar, Sophie. Yeah, don't say like talk to Rufus. He was in the driver's seat. What are they suspended in? Brine? Some kind of like juices, dog Brine. juice, salt water. Brine. Yeah, I think water. it is kind of a salty water. Not I prepared it thus: lower the dog into boiling water, then slather a. Um, hot dog roll with mustard and ketchup. Normal. Mm. Then lay the dog inside. Normal. Then eat seven more of them. Not normal. Over the next, say, thirty-six hours. So if that Very is the impressive. case, and your parasite is controlling you, yes. Say you commit a, a terrible crime. Surely there would be an argument to suggest that you were not of sound mind. Yeah, I that mean the fetus was. Calling the shots. Well, kind of, yeah. Unbeknownst to the feet, I mean, it, you know. I mean, what obviously, I mean? the fetus wouldn't know about. Like maybe there was somebody in the way. Vehic- of you vehicular and your manslaughter. I don't know why I assume that's the crime I commit when yeah. I'm being like ho- held host hostage by a fetus. But I would vehicular manslaughter someone probably. Could be an interesting argument, couldn't it? Mm. Anyway, mm. what you got for us? Cassie's nervous. Very. <laughs> um, I have the boy who tried to blow up Bjork. Yes, you do. I don't Excellent. blame him. Have you heard this story before? No, but Bjork, I could f- I could see how you one could find her very annoying, but I like her <laughs> music. <laughs> but she's kind of annoying, isn't she? She's kind of odd. Yeah. Isn't she? Anyway, this is a really sad story. Oh, God. Oh, um, here we go. But fascinating. I Boy, can't believe as we haven't child. come across this. No, a man. 21-year-old. Um, man-child. Um... So I came across this story earlier on and I'm surprised we hadn't heard about it before because there was, in this story, 22 hours approximately. There's 18 hours accounted for and they estimate that there's a couple of hours missing of video footage that this man shot himself in his home explaining why he wanted to kill Bjork. How long? 
18 hours. 18 hours. Oh, my God. And he shot himself at the end of it, yeah. presumably, rather than, yeah, oh yeah. No. Rather than halfway. What? Yeah. Through it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did he not halfway and then resume? <laughs> Did yeah. he die immediately? Right. Well, let's, let's just okay. we'll, go, we'll go from the start here now that we've spoiled the ending. <laughs> we have we? I didn't say he shot himself, did I? You I said did. He shot video. <laughs> you took. Yeah, I she said, said he shot video. Shot by him. Oh, that was just a coinkiding. <laughs> I thought you'd <laughs> recognize the story. No, no, like, the guy who shot himself at the end. Thought you said. Thought you said that. I understand the confusion, but he shot the video and did subsequently shoot himself sad we'll go from the start thank you jennifer i didn't fucking spoil your zombie I, it was a total accident <laughs> <laughs> okay ricardo lopez was born in uruguay in 1975 to a middle-class family who subsequently moved to the united states and settled in georgia lopez had a good relationship with his family he was described as being fairly easygoing but he was very introverted he had a few male friends, but never had friendships with women and never had a girlfriend. And he had a lot of feelings of inadequacy. He was really awkward with girls. He suffered from a condition called, um, this is going to be a fun one to try and pronounce. It is Loeopibiorphism. It's the condition that basically, um, it's called gynocomus. It's basically a deformity that causes men to have large, it causes excess chest tissue to form. So it looks like they have breasts. Okay. And really large nipples. And he also Pink. had self I might have. Yes. <laughs> For men. He had self diagnosed um, a condition called Kleinfelter or XXY syndrome, which is uh, like what. You know, it seems like it's an intersex syndrome, but basically this Kleinfelter syndrome is causes men to have really small penises and large breasts and large nipples. That's so a shit fucking combo. It's like a real shit gig. Mm. Yeah. Like at least if he had giant tits, that'd be a thing or just a big dick and small, t you know, I don't know. Anyway, if you had big tits and a big dick, I think you could swing that as well. The moral of the story is a lot of things would swing. Yes. The moral of the story is that he was really awkward around women and girls. Um, he had, he did want to become an artist and he dropped out of high school, but he didn't pursue his artistic career due to these feelings of inadequacy and fear of being rejected by an art school. Um, so instead he ended up working for in pest control in his brother's business. By the time he was 17, he'd become entirely socially reclusive and, um, retreated into this kind of world of fantasy and became obsessed with celebrities. Um, his first massive celebrity obsession was Gina Davis. But solid, solid obsession. I was about to say well chosen. Good, mm -hmm. strong obsession. League of their yeah. own. What a, love it. What, a, what an absolute banger. It seems like he has all these like feelings about women and relationships because he doesn't have close relationships with, with women. He doesn't have female friends. He doesn't understand them. He became particularly angry with Gina Davis because she had ended a long-term relationship and very quickly began a new relationship. And he writes mm. in his diary that he's pissed off and angry with her about it. He sounds like an early incel. Yes. Although, what exactly is an incel again? Involuntary celibate. 
Yeah. Do you remember that kind right. of like yeah. movement of angry men who, uh, you know, felt oh, the they were being denied sex by women? Okay. Yes, and are very angry towards women. Now, is he doesn't sound sex driven. He doesn't though, does seem. He? No, he's not sex driven. That's clear. He's not really sex driven, and he's not. He he describes himself at some points as being entirely useless to women. Mm. So it's not a really like. It's not. A, I don't think it's an anger. I think it's maybe a like a sadness That's that he knows that he has this condition. Although, in the tapes and in his diary. He says that he hasn't been to a doctor in like six years. So he's not actively trying to treat any of these things. He's just become really fucking reclusive. So in 1993, he became fixated on Bjork. Um, and he started gathering loads of information about her life. He followed her career. He wrote her numerous fan letters. Was that a big time in her career? Probably. I think it was. When did Oh So Quiet come out? That was in the early probably, 90s. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so she would have been um, she would have been very well known at that stage, uh, and she's obviously striking, intriguing woman. Um, initially, he Iceland, crazy place. Yeah. She married to Matthew Barney as well. And <laughs> if you wanted to be an artist, you probably knew who Matthew Barney was. Who's Matthew but Barney? This is before she wasn't mar she wasn't married to Matthew Bjorn at the time. No, she was going out with. Yes, yeah. and that's that's not Goldie, is it? Matthew Barney. No, never mind. To get to that, because she's she ends up in a relationship with this DJ called Goldie. Ah, who okay. does Bjork, Bjork? Oh, Goldie, your man from England with the gold yeah. teeth. So anyway, um, and this again, it doesn't seem sexual because he cites her as his artistic muse, and is he sort of identifying as these? Pe he's sort of melding himself into them, and then thinking he is. I think them he's in just some way? no, no. He's just fascinated by them, and um, he says that like his infatuation, his obsession with her gave him a feeling of euphoria. Um, it came like an all-consuming fascination for him. And he, he was more, became more and more disconnected from reality. Where is he again? Venezuela? Georgia. Georgia. In America. Um, so in his diary, like it's a real like obsession, but not sexual because he talks about uh, wanting a time machine so that he could go back in time to the 1970s and become friends with her. In his I mean, in his diary, he wrote, "I could never have sex with Bjork because I love her." Mm. Um, Even writing that seems strange to him. <laughs> yeah, he he really wanted to be known by her, and he said he wanted to have an effect on her life. Um, and later, he said that he wanted to become the most important thing in her life. So Lopez's diary—that's actually it's very fucking, fucking so scary, scary yeah. isn't it? So he had like 803 pages of um, his thoughts, his thoughts on Bjork, as well as his feelings of inadequacy, his, um, his feelings about being overweight, his disgust and embarrassment at his condition. Um, he referred to it as a deformity that made him feel weird. Um, his inability to get a girlfriend. He wrote that he considered himself a loser who never learned to drive. Um, he Strange, uh, just additional tack <laughs> on there. Yes. Um, um, he really <laughs> he He's a virgin who can't drive. drive. He can't even drive. Um, he refers to his menial job as an exterminator and says he earns little money. Uh, it contained 100 the 803 pages contained 168 references to feelings of failure, 34 references to suicide, 14 references to murder, 
408 references to Bjork and 52 references to other celebrities. Jesus, 400, over 400 of Bjork. Just about Bjork. 14 of murder, that's too many murder references. So many. And in those reference murders was... I don't think they were referencing Bjork just yet. Did so he? So yeah. in 1996, so about three years after he first became fascinated with Bjork, is he contacting her through this time? He's writing her fan mail, but I don't think it ever reaches her. Okay. Lopez was living alone in Hollywood, Florida. And around this time, he read an Entertainment Weekly article that stated Bjork was in a romantic relationship with musician Goldie. Mm. This obviously angered Lopez. Uh-uh. He, did he not perceived approve. it as a betrayal because Lopez was a big, giant racist. And had a real big issue with black people. Right. So I Another wasted... Another string for his bow there? Yeah. He writes in and his diary, I wasted months and she has a fucking lover. Um, he began then... So he was trying to seduce her, court her. I, d- I think he was just disappointed because he was so racist that the his anger came that she was dating a black musician. Right. Um, he began fantasizing about how he was going to punish her then. So this is the point in 1996 where he stops writing in his diary and instead he buys a video camera and he starts filming himself alone in his apartment. Uh, The purpose, he opens the... um, I watched some of the footage um, and he says, I think it's at the start, he says, the purpose is to document my life, my art and my plans. Comfort is what I seek in speaking to you I am being my own psychologist. You are a camera. I am Ricardo. He records 11 videotapes in total containing about two hours of footage each, though there's only 18 hours of footage actually accounted for. Um, the, the footage in the footage, he's kind of speaking directly to the camera a lot of the time. A lot of the time he's, uh, he's naked um, and he's explaining that he he's, he's preparing for revenge. Can you see his whole n- naked body in the camera. You see, there is a moment in time where he is playing with a flaccid willy. Hims- his own? Yes. <laughs> and Not just a random flaccid No, willy. his own. He's very reclusive. Nobody else appears in these Why other times. Why does he need to be naked? For the time that he's recording these videos, it, ap- it seems like he only leaves uh, to go to work occasionally and that the only people he interacts with are his family who become concerned about him and convince him to go visit him. I gotta Google and he it. actually goes and he he buys them a barbecue. Who? Who? What? In the what? Of all this? So in the middle of all this, he has to go visit his family because they're concerned about him and he buys his parents a barbecue. Um, the most reassuring gift I can give my I parents. I know, right? So because of Bjork's relationship with Goldie, Lopez decides, he gets anger and anger, and he decides that he's going to kill Bjork. In the video, he states, I'm going to have to kill her. I'm going to send a package. I'm going to be sending her to hell. So he initially wanted to construct, this is so fucked up. He initially wanted to construct a bomb filled with hypodermic needles containing HIV-tainted blood, um, which because he wanted to have like a lasting effect on Bjork's life. Jesus. What the fuck? When he realized he didn't have the capacity to build... Tricky. That would that be tricky. kind of device. He instead decided to construct a letter bomb using sulfuric acid in a hollowed out book, which he planned to have sent to Bjork's home in London by h- and, and say it was from her record label. The device was designed to explode um, when she opened the book. 
his plan was to um, to die by suicide immediately after he mailed the bomb, hoping that in the event that the bomb killed Bjork, the two of them would be reunited in heaven. Um, uh, and like, I'm reconciled. Mm. <laughs> so oh. his... Just watched him kill himself there. Yeah, no, there's... Jesus! You have to be really careful because the footage is out there. Fucking hell. Um, so <laughs> during the footage, he's has t- he he kind of he's really creepily speaking to camera. He says that his primary objective is to end his own life, and his second objective is to murder Bjork. Um, so there is a documentary that has been made, really fucking creepy, right? Because the documentary was made by director Sami Sack. He's a Danish documentary filmmaker. The documentary is 68 minutes and it's entirely made up of the footage. Yikes. It's just a, like a super cut of the 68 minutes. Um, it's called The Video Diaries of Ricardo Lopez. It's a condensed version of the 22 hours. Um, and it was originally limited because this documentary maker wanted to control how many people saw it and be able to speak to them. But it is freely available. The whole the documentary, The Video Diaries of Ricardo Lopez, is on YouTube. So, anyway, one Reddit user called Will Fura, um watched all the available 18 hours they could find because immediately after his death, the 18 hours leaked out to the public. Um, so, Will Fura answers some questions that people have about his motivations and Ricardo in general. So, to clarify whether he thought... and. So I've watched a lot of the footage that's available in that documentary. did not watch all 18 hours of it. But these are quotes and uh, conclusions pulled from this user who's watched all 18 hours. So he thought of Bjork as a demigod and a daughter figure. He wasn't particularly (coughs) interested in her sexually. He knew that wouldn't happen. For him, she was the most special thing in the world. When When she started romancing DJ Goldie, he couldn't abide it because Goldie is black and black people were his least favorite thing in the world, he says. Um, he kn- but he knew that he Lucky was wrong. Them. Yeah, he knew that he was wrong and he knew that he was racist and he knew that racism was bad. But he said it was a feeling rather than an opinion and he couldn't shake it. Um, did he actually stalk Bjork? No, he didn't really. He only, sa- he only leaves the area that he lives in once during the nine months that the videos were recorded, which was to go and visit his parents back in Georgia, presumably. Um, He only used the internet once during that time, and it was to look up Joel Amsterdam. Um, He had joined a fan club and sent her address, he'd sent her mail from a US, from to a US company that supplied fan mail. So he wasn't posting it directly to her. I don't know still how he got her address in London, but he did seem to have it. And there's a part in the video where he says that he's had the address for over a year and he's wondering if she still lives there. Um, So his his motivation, as he stated, was that he didn't want to partake in this world anymore. He said he hated it, he wanted to leave it. And because he knew he was going to be judged in the afterlife and put with everyone else anyway, including the worst people in history, he wanted to at least be there for a reason. He sometimes spoke about biblical the biblical apocalypse as, it w- as if it would actually happen one day. He was brought up in a religious family, but he didn't seem to be that religious in his videos. Um, so he describes how he couldn't experience pleasure from any activities 
or anything that he found enjoyable. The only two things that he says during the 22 hours that he enjoyed are food and killing bugs. Um, in his main motivation was that he wanted to be remembered by Bjork, by Bjork, and the only way of doing that was to be something that greatly impacted her life. So on the 12th of September, 1996, he mailed a, a sulfuric acid spraying bomb um, and after he mailed it on the 12th, later that day. So he mailed it in the morning, and later that day, he does shoot himself on video whilst listening to Bjork's cover of the love song, I Remember You. The package was ultimately intercepted and detonated without incident at the London Metropolitan Police, having been tipped off by American authorities who'd been called to Lopez's apartment on the 16th of September, after a maintenance worker noticed a lingering foul odour and blood dripping from the ceiling. Upon entering Jesus. the apartment, police discovered, along with Lopez's tapes, diary, and decomposing body, a message written on the wall in black paint reading, "The eight millimeter tapes, the eight millimeter tapes are a documentation of a crime, terrorist material. They are for the FBI." For quite some time following the incident, DVD copies of the complete recordings were allegedly made discreetly available for purchase from the Hollywood Police Department's re records unit, although it is said that they eventually ceased to provide them for reasons unknown. Some claim to have purchased copies from other sources, such as mysterious underground websites, with some copies even showing up on eBay every once in a while. What um, the fuck was the police department selling them for in the first place? Like, they obviously made them available because this Danish documentary filmmaker got them, got a hold of them and, and publicly released. Well, there's a public documentary of 68 minutes of the footage that seems to be there somehow legally and <sighs> somehow, I don't know. Bizarre. So bizarre. And the footage is really, really terrifying. Like, it's like the worst, far like, it's the scariest horror film you've ever seen, but it's true. Like, I kept going into this expecting this to turn out to be some weird art house documentary, a commentary on how media and celebrity impact people. Yeah. But, like, the fact that it's all real is even more terrifying. What's worse is, like, he's, like, there's during, there's points during the footage where he's, um, painting portraits of Bjork and <laughs> he sorry yeah, no, it like is kind of like a really weird. bad art school yeah, film yeah, it is but it, like, that's what you think it is because it's really lo-fi you've got like there's there's different weird transitions in the in the video like it's cut and it just it feels very Blair Witchy yeah like it's very like home camera and because it was in like the 90s it's you know it's I don't weird. know why. Yeah, it's weird to think that someone basically created this vlog, this daily it's a pre YouTube, it's yeah, pre YouTube, and this is the way he's talking. He's talking to an audience, and he's speaking about how he wants to discover himself and learn about himself and document his own life, and places himself at the center of the story. Really, really, really weird. Um, and also then at the end of the film, he at the well, not the end of the film, at the end of the footage, he cuts off all his hair and he paints himself. He paints his he paints his face like red and black, and he paints his nipples. Yeah. And he says that it, he had said that he was intending to do that because he didn't want someone to be startled by his decomposing body. So he wanted to make himself look beyond human and just like something else entirely. And in the last couple of minutes of the footage, he looks like Satan. <gasps> he's got these like these black marks going down his face. He's shaved his head bald, really like graphic red stuff he's painted his eyelids it's 
terrifying. It's don't look at it like it's fucking I did. terrifying. As you were speaking, I looked so at the footage of him. Will you send it to our WhatsApp group? The footage of him. You can find it so easy. I mean, you just yeah, you just Google, Google Ricardo, Ricardo Lopez. Lopez, and it's one of the first things that comes up. This documentary, and it's not even a documentary because no one else. It's not like someone's commenting on his life. The documentary inverted is just is this just super cut. Sixty-eight minutes of the footage pieced together, I suppose chronologically taking out. There's a lot of like ramblings, I guess, and it's just condensing it down into his intentions, and then the final thing. Now you you s- the very last few seconds of the doc of the I'm calling it the documentary very loosely but the very last couple of seconds are him and he it's a very graphic scene so if anyone was like has experienced has experiences of suicide it'd be very upsetting I think for people to look at um but basically after his (laughs) (laughs) so so sorry I just posted a thing of you and then accidentally <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram, you can see Jennifer. I'm so sorry. Please <laughs> refocus. I'm gonna have to cut that out. No, now. refocus, refocus. So after bad timing, uh, very bad timing for us to pick up that. That's movie. what all, that's what this podcast is all about. So after Lopez's suicide, Bjork obviously was made aware. After his suicide only, she, d- she Because she didn't get the package. She hadn't been I receiving guess, the fan yeah. mail. She didn't know who he was. None of this footage was publicly available until after. So Bjork said in a statement that she was very, very distressed by the whole incident. And she, w- like she did seem to be really fucked up by it. Um, she describes it as a very sad thing. And, you know, she said, I make music, but, you know, people shouldn't take me too literally and get involved in my personal life. She sent a card and flowers to Lopez's family. They were already concerned about him. Um, Bjork left London, uh, went to Spain. She hired security, excessive security then after that. Um, she A year later, she was still talking about an interview. She said, I was very upset that somebody had died. I couldn't sleep. I'd be lying if, it sca- if I said it didn't scare the fuck out of me. Uh, that I could have gotten hurt, and most of all, that my son could have gotten hurt. Um, Lopez's family and friends were aware of his obsession with Bjork. Um, they didn't t- think that it was, they just thought it was a crush, a fandom. They didn't um, think that he had violent thoughts or that he was capable of violence. Um, at one point, Lopez's brother had joked with them to get a real woman, you're obsessed. A psychiatrist who treated Lopez for anxiety shortly before his death also stated that Lopez did not appear to be dangerous. Um, and yeah, Lopez's videotapes, including that of his suicide, were confiscated by the FBI but subsequently released to journalists. Wild. Bizarre. Bizarre. Terrifying. You saw the Daily Mail had a piece today, or was it yesterday, about Harry Styles? Harry Styles, that's what brought me into this. Yeah, so there's a picture of his stalker outside his um, London home, and it's just simultaneously extremely sad and really scary, because from the picture you can see, like, the home is right there against the wall. I mean, if you were in there, yeah, somebody was camped out, like, in your by your front gate. I mean, it's... Oh, God. And is it a man or a woman? It's a man. Yeah. He keeps posting things through Harry Styles' letterbox and he sleeps outside his house. Yeah, you Jesus. see, I mean, there's... 
Yes. Harry Styles has to uh, testify against him in court. But this this is a particularly um, harrowing story. But there's also there's a but there's other creeps that we might get into. But this idea of people obsessively planning and plotting to kill celebrities mm. is like a it's a, it's a thing. Oh and yeah. what about uh, Lily Allen? Sure, John Lennon's assassination. Well, there you go. Yeah. The backstory of that is completely wild. Um, do you know off the top of your head? Or you want to do it? Well, it would warrant a full creep, but it was this thing as well of just lives colliding at a great distance. But then, you know, kind of whatever, suddenly one person's sort of willing this, destruction into being do you know what i mean yeah so it was an obsessive fan who then like kind of lost his mind and stuff it's worth a full creep because it's a really really sad but interesting story just those two guys who tried to kill doc dom that's right there's someone who killed themselves outside paula abdul's house jesus that's and the murder of that, uh, who I, uh, this is a creep I'm going to do because it's a really long one, but there was another singer called Selena who was murdered by That's a Yes. Right. Yeah. That story. Yeah. And didn't that super fan work w- with her? Was the, m- was her, um, yeah, was hired by her to look after her fan club initially and then some other. Ended aspect. up in her inner circle? Kind of in her inner circle. I think did she did did she have shops or merchandise or something that she was? Maybe she became that definitely warrants a full creep. Yeah. That's a good story. Did you guys have any teen obsessions, celeb obsessions? Chad Never. Michael Murray. Chad, Chad Michael, Michael Murray. Up yeah. off One Tree Hill. Off One Tree Hill. Who's the fucking he now? He's in. Riverdale he played now. Tristan in Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, really, Kathy? Very handsome. Yeah. Mm. David Duchovny. Really? Yes. Mulder from the X Files. Oh my God. Dan loved him. At least mine's gorgeous. Dan got fired from his job in Temple Bar when he was waitering because he spilt a glass of water down the back of David Duchovny's shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Was it really a glass of water? Don't know, spilt something. Did Dan hand shandy? Dan Dandy. I think he got very Dan nervous. It's very excited to see David Duchovny. I would also whack a glass of water over David Duchovny out of nerves. But I was thinking more along, like, I just, do you remember? There was, like, the intensity of teen obsessions. And that's what I always think of when I think of these stalker people. Skeet that like Ulrich, friend oh. of ours from school, obsessed. Obsessed. You couldn't watch a Skeet Ulrich film. Very annoying. And where is he now? Um, Who cares? What was I going to say? This is th- this is I've spoken about this extensively on every podcast that I've ever been on. I read a fucking story of a girl in a magazine. It was like Kiss magazine or Miss Ms or one of those like teen magazines before we had the internet. Of a girl who was so obsessed with Gareth Gates, and she realized that Gareth Gates the would list. never love her, would never know that she existed. And in a moment of desperation, she threw herself out her bedroom window <gasps> and she broke both her legs. <gasps> and I remember this story so well. And I think about that girl, honestly, at least once a week. Like, where is she now? Where the fuck is she? 
I need more information about her. So she was just overcome by the sadness that Gareth Gates did not love her. And or she just realised one moment. She was like, oh no, this, this is will never going to happen for me. Yes. So she threw herself out her bedroom window. I'd say it wasn't too high, you know. No. But just broke both her legs. The fuck are you three? <laughs> like now you're just trapped in a wheelchair for a while. You and your misery wheeling around the estate. I just can't believe she came clean about what her motivation was. Interesting. I'm pretty sure it was a first person. Maybe it was like a report on it or maybe the story was about celebrity obsession. What age was she? I think she was only a teenager. Yeah. Like young. I remember when Take That split up and there was loads of shit like that going around. Absolute hysteria. hysteria. Like people were doing very extreme fucking stuff. Yeah. It's just bonkers. Well, and like, is, and they're yeah. all coming back around now. You only have to wait oh yeah. 20 years <laughs> for the years. reunion tour. Is Robbie there? No. Oh, that's a shame. The only but true like talent. Yeah. Gary Barlow. An Was unbelievable the real talent. talent. Um, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. What? Robbie Williams. Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow was Robbie the Williams. Just pure 100% charisma. What and stage presence. Gary Barlow looks like a wet sock draped over a piano. How many are there in Take That <laughs> again? Fabulous player, Four that five. Sock. I think there's five. Five originally. Gary Barlow, Barlow. Orange. Jason Orange. Small granny looking woman. Mark. Um, the little fella that Mark. everyone fancied. What yep. was his name? Chris Owens? Mark, Mark, Mark Owens. Mark Owens. Mark Owens. And who's the other fella? Gary Barlow and Robbie Williams. Was there somebody called like Harvey Howard. or TJ? Howard. 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 There you go. I think we've blended E17 with Take That. (laughs) No, no, because the two two lads that aren't Robbie Williams and Gary Barlow or the little one look the exact same. Yeah, Howard and Orange. The exact same. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) They're totally (laughs) like interweavable. I don't know the first name. You're totally right. I think they're not related. It's like there's, that's the makeup of any boy band. There's three guys. Yeah. There's generally two talented ones who are at war. A little gay one, not saying the Mark Owens gay, but <laughs> <laughs> and then the two lads who look the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> that if but it's the same. That's boy the zone. classic boy. It's the boy but band it's combo. Boy band makeup. Who looks the same in boys' own? Well, uh, uh, Keith Duffy and the one who looks like Keith Duffy. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> yes. yes. The exact fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yep, you got me there. Amazing. What the Backstreet Boys? Oh, I know, I know. Short one and tall one, same guy. <laughs> Short one and tall. Do they both have goatees? Black hair with goatees. Yes. 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 One little, one big. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Very. And three, two other white guys. Three other white guys. Three other white guys. Lance, the gay one, and then Lance. Nick, the talented one. Was there another talent? Yeah, one there was in a one ta- Yeah, another a singer guy. Fella. Broad face. The broad face was the hot one. Yeah. Well, what was broad face's name again? Not a fucking clue. Uh, we could sit here all motherfucking <laughs> night. <laughs> It'd never come to me. Not the same in girl band. No, you usually have five s- very similar looking people or four. Well, who's the si- who's twins in Spice Girls? They were all unique because they all had their own identities that they had to stick to. Who's the twins in All Saints? Remember them? All of them. Never, are ever, have so ever felt are so Are there not low. actual twins in All Saints? Then you're going to leave me out of this black hole. Terrible fucking song. 
Anyway, back in the room. Now, Sophie's gone for a piss, so we're just going to speak amongst ourselves. Oh, this is the part that the listeners really enjoy. It's when it's just me and you. Oh, yeah, apparently, because the mother of pod when it was just me and you. Everyone that enjoyed that. Yeah, but I didn't really speak. It was just you. I enjoyed your story. Thanks, Jen. That was good, although I wish I hadn't watched him kill himself halfway through. No, you, you shouldn't watch it. It was I watched it driving over it's here. Imp- sorry, it's impossible not to watch it. Like, you're scrolling through images. I was putting on the thing to listen to it. On because we're trying to, f- I was driving over here out to our penthouse in Dunleary, 40 minutes away from the studio, 41 actually. And I put on the audio to listen to it, and I kept glancing at it. And like, I had I glanced at it at the end when he was all red and black and so confused because I'd missed the part where he painted his face. Or, sorry, are you you saying he was red and black from the after the gunshot? No, 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 I didn't see the actual gunshot, I saw the part before that. He just disappears off screen. I read descriptions of it. Do you think Bjork watched it? Um, God, I hope not. Would you? It'd be no. hard kind of not to, wouldn't it? I don't know. Or maybe it would be easy not to. Maybe we're like, I've got enough going on my li- in my life. Whoever this Ricardo is, never met him. That's his stuff. I don't think you'd want to be associated with someone's death. I wouldn't watch it. Nah, you're right. Sure, he'd never met you. I'll... You would? I'd say I'd go down a dark hole some night, you know. Yeah, low point. I wouldn't yeah. recover from that. I wouldn't. But would you feel any I real feel ownership? Like considering considering kind of no, but I'd feel I'd, I'd respo- feel really responsibility. not responsible, but like tainted, I guess. No, of course you would. But it'd be like a scab on your life until you watched it. Yeah, I'd feel a weird but Everybody sense around you would have watched it. Yeah, they'd be like, oh my God. No, I couldn't. And that bit. And you'd be like, oh my God, what's the bit? I'm probably imagining something worse. Then you'd watch it and be like, no, no, it was the worst thing yeah. ever. Anyway, I don't think that footage should exist on the internet, but that's the, the world we live that's in. That's the world we live there in. There you are. And now we've creeped all over it. So what do you have, Sophie? Okay, I've decided that you guys can pick. So I'll give you my two BuzzFeed headlines. All right. Unbearably painful. Or... I like that one. Something of a pickle. Oh, both good. Oh, I'm, I'm going for something of a pickle. I would have said unbearably. <laughs> What's your choice? You're the deciding vote. God damn it. Okay. Uh, let's see. We, we, we went really dark. Let's go for unbearably painful. Okay. Sounds light. Yeah. <laughs> Str- oddly, it is the lighter of the two. Okay, so... Uh, you, Jen, will definitely know this story. It's got a bear in it. Young Delaney may not. Cassandra Delaney? That's me. Does the name Timothy Treadwell yes. mean anything Mad to no. you? No. Cassie Delaney. No. We know you know him well. That Timothy. No. <laughs> Wait till you hear this one. Okay. So, Timothy was uh, quite an unassuming child by all accounts. So, he grew up the son of Val and Carol... In Long Island, New York. They all have the same accent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to crack out my Werner Herzog in this episode. Nice. Um, So he grew up in Long Island. He was on the swim team. Average, solid average B student. Very fond of animals. He had a pet squirrel, Willie. Um, Willie's a squirrel. But that's good because we don't have that... um, that behavior that I've learned about in a new podcast called Something Was Wrong. It's a very good podcast. It's about the worrying signs of... Um, sociopathy. Sociopathy. Torturing animals. Before the age of 12. Mm. 
before the age of 12 if they have no if they show uh, a, a no empathy lack of empathy towards You're animals in trouble big trouble Holy so is this shit. this seems to be like true crime that doubles up as a parenting podcast this <laughs> okay so i'm here for it uh it, it is a it's 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 not really a true crime podcast. It's a podcast about a woman who was engaged to what she thinks is her perfect Christian man, but it soon transpires that something was wrong. It's Excellent. sweeping. I'm just subscribing. I'm As just we subscribing speak. in real time. That's how desperate I am for a good pod. Very good. Hit subscribe. I'm in. Okay, so back. Willie the squirrel. Yes. No, uh, Timothy Treadwell wasn't a psychopath or a sociopath That's in right. making. He was a lover of animals. Aww. That was to be his downfall. So, he seemed totally, totally ordinary, kind of, you know, nice guy type, um, according to his parents and his family, until he went away to college. And it was there that, quite oddly, he claimed that he was a British orphan who had been born in Australia. Love these. So that's two accents mm -hmm. that he's trying to cope with there as an American man. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. So I don't know why he complicated things with the, you know, born in Aussie, but of par British parents. That was unnecessarily complicating things. He had... Like, kind of in his 20s, he had aspirations to fame. Mm -hmm. And he was interested in being a stunt double for a while. And then he actually went out for the role of Woody Boyd in Cheers. No way! That would ultimately go to Woody Harrelson. And this failure to achieve the part of Woody Boyd, like, legitimately set... Timothy Treadwell's life down a totally different path. So he actually spiraled into alcoholism and then drug addiction after he didn't get the part on no Cheers. Way. Oh my God. Yeah. So he must have been close to getting it. Apparently he was like can down to the last couple. Oh, can we appreciate though that the alcoholism that fell out of not being on Cheers? Yeah. Sad. True. So... He, in his book, Among Grizzlies, Living with Wild Bears in Alaska, Timothy Treadwell um, describes how in the late 80s, after he survived a near-fatal heroin overdose, so things had gone fucking dark for poor Timothy Treadwell after the near-miss on Cheers. So after surviving the near-fatal heroin overdose, he decided that he, to travel to Alaska and to live among the bears, which is a hard left turn. Interesting. Away from Hollywood acting, the stunt work, it's the alcoholism, the drug addiction. So he basically wrote in his book that he went to Alaska, and after his very first encounter with a wild bear, he knew he'd found his calling in life, and that now his destiny was entwined with that of the bears. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. He attributed his recovery from drug and alcohol addiction entirely to his relationship with bears. When right. you say relationship, his words, <laughs> do you think the bears were aware that was they it were reciprocal in a relationship with Timothy? 
Well, basically, he went on to spend the next 13 summer seasons straight in Alaska among the grizzly bears. And he alleged that he knew them by name, that he actually, like, <laughs> he knew them by... As they in were friends, like. As in they were friends. As if he knew their names. Like, like yeah. <laughs> so he... he <laughs> so he... He named them. Named them and, and yeah. then remembered yeah. the names he exactly. had given them. Exactly. It's not like they came up and they were like, bear hug, I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Call me yeah. Judd, you're Timothy, we gonna be pals. <laughs> um, so he basically spent the season was kind of divided in two for him. So he would spend the first half of the season in this huge, big, wide open space um, on the Katmai coast in Alaska, which he called the Grizzly Sanctuary. And that's where he first kind of started to get very close to the bears. He filmed his encounters where he would often play with the bear cubs or like even approach the bears, which is all like absolute no-nos in terms of dealing with bears or wild animals just no. in general. I would say okay. bears especially though. Oh, yeah. like a grizzly bear can just decapitate you. Yep. Like after I started reading this story, so I watched, I so basically this story was made really famous by the filmmaker Werner Herzog, yeah. who cut together all of Timothy Treadwell's footage that he had shot over 13 summers in Alaska. And he made this incredible documentary oh, called Grizzly Man. And everyone go watch it if you've never seen it because it's really incredible. Um, and it's a real portrait of Timothy Treadwell. And it's fascinating. But anyway, um, in that doc, you can see like how much Timothy Treadwell like kind of pushed it with the bears. Like he wanted to be them. He wanted to be a bear and he well wanted to live like among them and gorillas in the mist, how if you're studying animals like that, do, do you kind of mimic their behaviour and you know, you would learn what means what in terms of, you know, head down or you know mm. and he was sort of But I think you can sort of kid yourself into sure, thinking of course. I understand them. Yes. I've spent all this time with them. They're I'm accepting me as yeah, yeah. And you can like lose sight of the very vast difference between them and you. So mm. like after I watched the documentary, I then went and watched like some grizzly bears like fighting and things like that. And they are fucking terrifying. Like, yeah. like not to, not to be dissing them. That's their are thing. They they're a wild animal. Like, you know, are they're they canine. Are they dogs? You know, in their sort of. Oh, good question. I, I think know. they are. I think you I think it's about the teeth. They have they like are. a snout, like a yeah. dog it does. Yeah. yeah. And they are just really fucking powerful. But anyway, so he was the scourge of the kind of Alaskan Park Service. I'd say he fucking was. Because he just flouted every fucking rule they had in terms of trying to keep the bears safe and keeping people safe. And keeping mm. the bears away, where he, whereas he would have been... Wasn't he feeding them and attracting... You know, I mean, he was trying oh, to get close to Oh, there was loads them. of shit. Like, so he always said that his kind of personal mission was to, like, protect the bears. And he was obsessed with this kind of, like, was it imagined, was it real beef with poachers in the area? And he basically saw himself as like a, th a one man kind of like 
guard of honor sort of protecting the grizzly bears in the wilds of Alaska. But it definitely seems to be intimated that like that that was a kind of a, a, an overblown kind of personal mission that was not necessarily really happening. Or there is a problem with poachers, but at the same time, they have an entire park service how that have set out boundaries and rules and everything to keep everyone safe. I was just going to say, how was one man, one man on a tent protecting I know. a family of, gri- you know? Yeah, and like, it's he was completely unarmed always. I was going to ask. So it's not like if poachers came in, they c- he could throw rocks at them, they could shoot him dead. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. They Park service had endless... Eff- um, you know, uh, beefs with him, basically saying that he was harassing the wildlife and interfering with the kind of natural ways. And, um, like, oh, just shit. Like, when there's people working among bears, there'd be precautions that they might use for their own camps. Mm-hmm. So, say, if, like, scientists are studying, they would set up electrical fence perimeters around the camp. That wouldn't be there to hurt the bears, but it'd be there to just deter them you'd want to deter bears from your camp all right yeah even if you're a scientist working among them and observing them you're not interacting but you are observing or whatever but like timothy treadwell threw all of that out he wasn't observing he was interacting really fully when you're sort of in bear country like none of your food can be cut you have to hang your food you have to hang your food from special barrels yeah, yeah up in trees and all kinds of stuff even like going for a piss or anything like that has to be nowhere near where you're staying you know, it's mostly about food, I think, honestly. But there's loads of safety stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right about the defecating and stuff. And that was one of the things, like, Treadwell got into major shit endlessly because he was constantly keeping food in his tent. Well, yeah. But he had just such a... F- stir- like, he just had such a kind of a belief that he had cracked the bears, that they were, like, his peeps. And it was just this... I mean, it feels like arrogance, you know? Oh, it's kind of sad, though. It's like... He was just projecting very hard and then was in a delusion, obviously, of a relationship. And he obviously felt... not amongst the bears. Exactly. He felt that he was keeping food in the tent because he trusted the bears. And, you know... Felt a deeper connection and therefore they would not hurt hurt him based on their... He's a member of their family, you know, yeah. Mm. Like in um, Werner Herzog's documentary, he definitely sort of seems to kind of like he mostly lets timothy treadwell's footage speak for itself and timothy treadwell talks to the camera like a lot and he'll often like reshoot the same scenes like he obviously has a kind of eye to entertainment in what he's creating i guess all right so do you think did he set out with the intention of making a documentary Mm. himself or was it yeah, I think like he was he probably was ultimately planning a use for all this footage. Yeah. I'd say there's no way he would have dragged so much footage out into Alaska if he wasn't going to do something with it. And he definitely set up lots of shots that would be like cutaways and things like that for future use in editing. Mm-hmm. Or do you know that kind of thing? Like you'd Because he was always just filming himself pretty much, he'd set the camera up, then he'd jog back up a path and then he'd wait a couple of minutes and then he'd just jog back down into shot like real kind of action man kind of right, and right, he really right. styled himself as kind of slightly commando like he had the kind of bandana on the aviators and yeah like and there was definitely an element of like weird bravado sometimes came through but it was definitely like when you watch the footage you know that you're watching someone who's like there's something off there clearly yeah. and 
And it's not just because they've chosen to kind of live off grid like this. It's just he's not at ease in himself. There's one sad scene that he's talking about, like never having had much luck with women. And I don't know. I just remember watching it and he was saying like, oh, I sometimes think it would just be easier if I was gay because, you know, you know, gay men don't seem to have to go through this kind of stuff with women, with dating and things like that. And oh, but just I just love the females. Or, you know, there's an awkwardness there where you're kind of like, is there something that you're hiding from yourself? Yeah. Here, there's something, is there something about your own identity that's <coughs> like, that you're just not comfortable with? I mean, it is all just left unanswered. Okay. Because um, at the end of his 13th season, um, I mean, it was a lot of people in Alaska at the time basically said it had only been a matter of time. It had gone it on an incredible. gone on for an incredible length of time. 13 years. One of the parts. be then. Well, they're not going to kill me. They haven't killed me yet. I so, mean go on. He was obviously... Well, one of the park service um, was quoted as saying, it, it was a tragic thing, but it's not unpredictable. And by this time, he'd become this massive um, like personality, and he'd gone on David Letterman's show and all this kind of stuff. And he'd founded a charity called Grizzly People um, that were all committed to protecting the bears and preserving their wilderness. That's he was doing. That's good great. work. Yeah. But he was, yeah. But it's sometimes I just think sometimes his motivations just seem like a tiny bit, tiny bit off. It's hard to say because you're mm. kind of listening to the Park Service people who are saying the bears didn't need protecting. I exactly. mean, if anything, they needed protecting from this man who was insisting on going and living amongst them. So anyway, um, he says that he was up there alone all the time, but um, he definitely had people come up with him at different points during the season. And in his last season, he had his girlfriend, or, well, his partner, she's kind of been wrongly uh, dubbed his girlfriend after the fact, but mm -hmm. I sensed that she wasn't his girlfriend. I kind of read up a lot about it, and I couldn't really... Get any clarification. Get a clarification. Her name is Amy Huguenard. And so they had spent, he had spent the first half out in that, like, wide open space that I was describing earlier, where he'd, like, play with the bear cubs yeah. and things like that. And then for the latter half of the season, he moved into what was called the Grizzly Maze. Right. Which was... Not an appealing location. I mean, it's about as appealing as it sounds. It was like a really dense bush area that was like crisscrossed with loads and loads of bear tracks. And like the thoughts of camping in there are just crazy. Like they do say if you're going to camp among wild animals you have to camp way out wide in the open so they can see your camp and avoid you not accidentally not stumble over you yeah. and so amy huguenard and treadwell were there in like late early october she was with late him. september she was with him mm. and so they'd have a kind of a like a fly boat plane drop them in with supplies at the start of the season and then come and collect them at the end of the was season was she there f the whole the whole of that 13th summer, yeah. I think she was there from the start of the 13th, yeah. Right. And she was not comfortable. She was not happy there at all. And they read later in her diaries that she was really scared of the bears and really scared of the whole scenario that was kind of you unfolding. You would be, though, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, though? Yeah. And then, so at the end of that season, they left. They actually were airlifted out um, at the end of September but for some fucking reason decided to go back. Both of them? Yeah. Together? Why? Yeah. 
But the season was over. The season was ending, but they decided to go back. And her final uh, journal, journal um, entries indicated that she desperately wanted to get back out of there. That she was like, felt fucking trapped and terrified. And um, their what new camp that there, they had like just set up ha- was near a kind of grizzly feeding area. Um, you know, the way they catch salmon going to doing the yeah, r- yeah, river yeah, run yeah. and stuff like that. And um, so this, because they were now there far later in the season than they were usually ever there, oh, um, food bears. was scarce and grizzlies were getting even more aggressive. And um, he basically, um, they found some... Um, footage taken in the hours before their death both of them died mm. and it, it just shows a video of a bear diving into the river over and over and over again trying to get a fish and in this footage timothy treadwell says that he didn't feel particularly un- particularly comfortable around this bear and um so they believe that he possibly filmed the bear that was responsible for their death so <coughs> they contacted their um, uh, their kind of helper person who was um, based in the Grizzly People office, you know, the charity he runs. And he, this was on the 5th of October, and he was like, no, no, all good, everything's fine here. And, um, you know, send the plane kind of thing. Yeah. And so the plane was um, landed the next day, and... Um, the pilot got out and he was like, oh, it was really weird. Like usually the bags would be on the beach like, and they'd be waiting and ready, but there was no sign of them. And because um, this guy's name is Willie Fulton. So he got down out of his plane and started to kind of skate around in the grizzly maze. I wouldn't. But he was petrified. Yeah. And the grizzly maze, like on footage, it's a really tight, dense brush. Could he you see the tent? No. Well, he... Walked part of the way in, spotted their camp, and then spotted on the ground, unmistakable blood, human remains. Oh, right. And I'm then sure they're probably ripped to shreds. Like he turned, the pilot turned, like I'd say his fucking stomach turned, and then he turned and he realized that in the brush, only meters behind him bear. was a bear, Fuck. and he swore blind that he could see blood in his mouth, flesh in the mouth, and he obviously fucked it out of there and thank god did make it out and he then raised the alarm they went back to the camp oh they found um the couple's mangled remains treadwell's disfigured head partial spine and right forearm and hand with his wristwatch still on were recovered a short distance from the camp Amy Huguenard's partial remains were I'm found just hearing next. Amy Huberman. I know that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Tell me about her remains. They were found next to the camp um, with the all the torn and collapsed tent. Um, they, the people who came to investigate, um, they shot um, a bear that was in the vicinity. And after a, what's called on-site necros- necropsy, of this bear, they found body parts inside the bear. 
so this was definitely the bear who had killed and eaten. But was that Timothy the bear from the footage? footage. Do know? Hard. No, Hard I don't know tell. if there's any way to verify that. Now, what else they found on the scene, crucially, a video camera that had been recording during the attack. Oh, what? Yes, that's right. Yes. Now, the cap was on, so it is audio, audio only, and it contains voices and cries as a brown bear mauled Treadwell to death. So the tape begins with Treadwell, Treadwell yelling that he is at being attacked. Come out here. I'm being killed out here, he screams. No, I would not fucking at all get out of that tent. But why would he, yeah. Why would you be like, come here to me. I'm getting mauled to death by a bear. Help. Either come out and I witness or help me Does or what? I, I, they have no gun on them. I mean, what's they she going to do? They have no defense whatsoever. So I'd be like, darling, stay inside. I'm getting mauled to death by a bear. Exactly. Or now's your chance to run. I'm the amuse-bouche. Exactly. The hors d'oeuvre. Get yourself the fuck away before you're the main course. Exactamundo. Well, no. no, I mean, in the end, he does try and tell her to Stop. get her out of there. But sh it's she can't. She can't. So it's he's heard screaming. Um, then you can hear Amy uh, Huguenard telling Treadwell to play dead because the bear is kind of retreated for a moment. Don't you have to try and make yourself bigger than the bear? Well, yeah, like that was what Treadwell always did. He'd kind of like square up to bears and be like, what are you doing? Kind of thing if they yeah. came near him and stuff. Because if you kind of, if you jump or skitter, he'll, the bear will think you're a weakling. But then I think this bear probably noticed that it was about four times the size of these people. Yeah. So when the bear retreated and Amy Huguenard was like, play dead, Timothy, the bear seemed to leave for a minute, but then came back and seized Timothy and dragged him into the forest. <gasps> and that's then when he came back to Amy Huguenard. Fucking oh hell. So can you hear the time that he's gone? She can hear him being dragged screaming away. And then I wonder, or do you know? Can well, can apparently you it's six minutes of audio. Okay. There is a lot of videos on YouTube claiming yeah. to be those six minutes. They are not. Thankfully, they are not. But in uh, Werner Herzog's film, he plays the six minutes of audio. Or sorry, he listens to it. Um, their kind of associate at Grizzly, Grizzly People, the charity, she uh, owned all the equipment then. So she possesses the tape and oh it's never been released. Yeah, no. And What a good woman. She said yeah. she'd never listened herself. And Werner is like, you must never listen to this. And she was like, yes, Werner. Really? He yeah. said that? Oh yeah. Okay. Dark but he looked deeply troubled. Dark well, that's good to know that it, they didn't do one a la the FBI in Hollywood and sell it off to people. Uh, well, I guess yeah. the, the protecting the bear people have the tape, so it's not in their interest to release a tape of bears killing people, right? No. Great story. Horrifying. Great documentary. It is brilliant. Grizzly Man. Watch it, guys. It's amazing. Um, and now the season after his death, it has to be said, five bears were lost to poachers. So oh, there you go. He may not have been on I a don't think he was a bad guy. I think he was just dumb to make camp in the middle of a, what was it called again? <gasps> the Grizzly, Grizzly Maze. maze. Oh. He was making money for the, you know, he, he was 
He was raising activist. awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah I he get was. It. I get it. Totally. Raise awareness. Be an activist. Study the bears. Spend time with them. In but but the problem is you're putting to safety precautions. Absolutely. And then this his girlfriend or Amy as well. Like he's kind of. I'm sure she was like he's responsible for her. There is he not having done 12 seasons yeah. before and, and there is a level talking her into coming and blah everything's yeah. gonna be fine there's a level of ignorance to go into a situation and disregard the studies and findings of those who've yes. gone before you, you know better yeah so there have been connection. obviously been incidences where people have then deemed hey it's safer if you hang your food from a tree exactly hey it's safer if you don't punch pitch your tent in grizzly maze yeah or don't stay, stay dream distance. a time that the bears get really hungry yeah don't go back why w- don't why go, go back? back i know i didn't know about the going back thing because it's not in the documentary i only read about that later and i was like oh my god yes. to have been so close to getting out of there for her especially absolutely because he'd obviously drunk the kool-aid yeah like yes. that was his place and that's kind of and that's I'm where sure he wanted how to he be wanted to go practically but you would but she was scared she was shit scared from the minute they landed back in there you'd oh. be raging if you were her her family though like absolutely fuck that guy. there's very little to be found on her i think that they did a good job of keeping, keeping her, her out of it and keeping a low profile but yeah there you go thanks for listening Thank you. Don't forget to support us if you Please so wish. Please do consider on the Patreon. Here's how going. you su- can subs- support us: go to at Dive Creep on Twitter and follow that. Go to Instagram and follow the Creep Dive. Go to Patreon.com forward slash the Creep Dive and give us four dollars a month if you so wish to. Um, and encourage your friends, family, and anyone who has an iPhone who listens on iTunes to please subscribe to the podcast. Yay! Do it. Subscribes and the way to contact go. us on Instagram if you have any creeps you'd like us to dive into. Fuck the placenta woman. Got to do it next week. Okay, we'll come back to um, it. If you would like to have a joint conversation where Jen and I tag team response to your <laughs> DMs, <laughs> please come over to. It's confusing. Creep dive. Very. Uh, yeah, contact us if you have any nice creeps or if you just want to say something. Little tip of creep. Dick pic. And don't forget, you can win a toad if you leave us a review on iTunes and we read it out as review of the week. This is it. See you next week. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.